You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Hi, folks. Be sure to visit my webpage at dr-history.com for over 440 true stories of the Old West. Also, now available on Amazon, my first book, a historical fiction based on true events entitled Coal Miner to Cowboy. The story of a young man born in England in 1850. He wants to be a cowboy and makes his way to America, travels from New Orleans to Independence on a steamboat, hires on as a teamster to Santa Fe, then on a cattle drive to Bozeman, Montana. He also rides shotgun on a stagecoach. He travels with a wagon train, and on his two-year journey, he meets some famous people and keeps a journal of his adventures. The book contains a lot of the true stories from my podcast and is now available on Amazon. Visit my webpage for a link to Amazon for the book, Coal Miner to Cowboy. And now, without further ado, after his entourage has been seated and they're comfy, here's Dr. History. Good morning, Zeb. Hey, we missed last week. We did. Yeah, Fourth yeah. of July. Fourth of July, but yeah. we had a good time. Yeah, well, I want to say it publicly that I understand you had 50 people over at your house. Yeah. Cheeseburgers. Corn dogs. Yeah. And maple bars. Maple bars with bacon. <laughs> and thank you so much for You're the lack of an invitation. So I appreciate welcome. that. Yes, yes. <laughs> so I got to tell you, Zeb, last week we went up to Island Park and into Yellowstone. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. And, you know, I hadn't been in there for probably 10 years, and we actually saw a bear. Really? I mean, when I was a kid growing up, you'd see a bear every time you went in there. There are lots of bears. Yeah. Now it's rare to see a bear. Rare to see a bear. <laughs> rare to see a bear. Okay. But we did. Where was the bear that uh, was you saw? rare? Yeah. <laughs> he was off we the We could road. have a lot of fun with we this. We could. Uh, you know, anytime people see an animal, the cars stop and yeah. pull off the side of the road. Yeah. And he was just down by a creek, you know, and uh, we just stopped and stood and, and just watched him for a while. You stopped and stood or you stopped and sat? We stopped and just stood by the road. I see. <laughs> <laughs> but I got to tell you, folks, Yellowstone, you know, if you've never been there, you got to go to Yellowstone. Yeah. It's just yeah. absolutely amazing. Yep. And I discovered something with my family. There's an app and i want you to write this down folks it's called guide along really guide along and for every national park you can uh hook in and you do have to pay like 20 bucks but it is well worth it because as you drive along this uh this tour uh, we'll talk to you and tell you what's coming up, what's uh, something to look at, wh- when to stop. Uh, like, let's say, a quarter mile ahead, uh, you'll turn left and go into the paint pots. No or kidding. to the, this geyser really? or that geyser. And uh, f- we spent all day in there. And this guide, this guide along is what it's called. And then you just uh, touch the screen for Yellowstone Park. 
And no matter where you start, you can follow this guide, and it is well worth it. Okay. So, just, All right. so you you know, if you ever lose this job, you could always go back east and work as a tour guide on those big open top buses in New York City. <laughs> no thanks. Okay. <laughs> so today, Zeb, we're going to ca- talk about the best Marshall money couldn't buy. Oh. Okay. All right. So, just to give you a little bit of what's coming, Horace A.W. Tabar was the richest man in Colorado, but he got more than he bargained for when he hired Marty Dugan. Marty Dugan. Marty that doesn't Dugan. sound like an Old West name. That's his name, Marty Sounds Dugan. Sounds like a, a point guard for the Dallas Mavericks <laughs> or something. So, it's said that anybody who took on the job of Marshall at Leadville, Colorado, was just plain tired of living. Really? The reason that Leadville was hard on Marshalls was because a lawman in this town had to follow the rules, rules laid down by this Tabar, the multimillionaire owner of the incredibly rich Maxless Mine. Really? I'm going to show you a picture of him. Marty Dugan. Well, there's Marty Dugan on that side and uh, Tabar on the other side. So Marty's the guy wearing the sports jacket. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's the sheriff. That's the marshal right. we're going to be talking about. Okay. Now, Tabor, who was also Leadville's mayor, ruled the town like he owned it, which he actually did. And any marshal he appointed was expected to maintain law and order, but not to the point of bothering, quote, his boys. Oh, so there was a little faction there. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the miners, uh, Tabor kind of worried that they might start thinking they were getting the short end of the stick. Yeah. And that they'd organize and want decent wages or, heaven forbid, even safe working conditions. He wanted to keep this, the, his thumb on him, so to <laughs> See, speak. Okay. So being Marshall in Leadville was like nowhere else. Uh, he said, quote, I want the boys to drink until they're content. Tabor told each marshal, but not so much they won't be in shape to work the next morning. Absolutely. So, so Marshal George O'Connor tried to follow these instructions. He was an honest man who felt uh, like a lot of the other people that Tabor was about as greedy as they come, making, get this, $10,000 a week out of his minds and not sweating a drop or working up any calluses. Meanwhile, the miners drew top wages, earning $21 for six days of back-breaking work, 10 hours a day. So this guy is making forty grand a month. Yeah. And these poor guys. And this is when? Uh, when was it? Late 1800s? 1878? Yeah, right I'm telling it? you, man. What would that be like today? Oh, yeah. Huge. So, you know, th- I mean, they might make 250 a day or maybe 350 wow. if they were lucky. Wow. You know? So this new sheriff, uh, O'Connor, he needed a job having seven mouths to feed. So he did his best to carry out Tabor's instructions without, at the same time, being unreasonable with those who worked in the mines. But to men who were all the time tired, they were broke, they were in debt to the company stores, and they despised their miserable jobs. So this sheriff was easy to hate, and he didn't go down in the mines, and he didn't work like they did, but he got his $100 a month, which was pretty darn good. In those days, yeah. Yeah, and all she had to do is kind of bully the men and make sure they... Uh, kind of towed the line. Yeah, Matt Dillon never got paid that much. So one of these disgruntled men, a man named James Bloodsworth, decided that uh, this uh, sheriff was not uh, any better than anybody else, and he called him a son of a gun. 
And I question whether you're telling the whole story. <laughs> so Bloodsworth whipped out his Colt Peacemaker 45 and shot O'Connor through the heart. Oh. So that was the marshal. He's dead. So the marshal's gone. Yeah. He went to the great badge in the sky. Yes. Now, learning of the incident, Tabor, now the rich guy, he rode out to this little shack where Marty Dugan was living with his wife. The point guard for the Dallas Mavericks. The big man, Marty, who was built like a buffalo bull and could back up his mouth with either his fists or 44s might make a good marshal. Tabor thought, okay, this guy could be good. Okay. Uh, now, Marty Dugan had been a farmer back in Nebraska, but he had a reputation of being a, quote, a tough customer, mm. whatever that means. Okay. Now, Marty's first wife had died, but Mar- so Marty sold out and rode with several others out to Colorado, and he tried uh, mining at first. He staked a claim, but uh, barely holding enough gold to pay for food for him and his family. You know, a lot of guys just didn't make much. Yeah. You know, they tried. And then when winter came... Kind of like being a chiropractor. (laughs) When winter... We're not even going to go there. When winter uh, came and the river froze over, you couldn't even mine then. Yeah. You know, if you couldn't uh, pan for gold. So he got a job as a peacemaker at a dance hall. And it didn't take long to teach the boys that when he said simmer down, he didn't mean something else. He said, I had to bust a few of them over the head uh, before they started acting like Christians. And he said, after that, the job became easier. Easiest one I ever had. All I had to do was look at a, uh, one of these guys, and he became a very peaceable citizen. You really? So he had a bit of a reputation of, uh-huh. you know, you better mind what you're doing. Uh-huh. Cause you're going to get smacked on the head. Right. So Marty Dugan uh, went to Oro City, which soon became named Leadville. Oh. Mining. So it was called Oro City until it became known as Leadville. I which, didn't know that. Which is, of course, we've heard that. Yeah. You know, Leadville, which is actually 70 miles, 75 miles southwest of Denver. Right. I've never been there. But anyway, it was a boom town, 30,000, and it had some of the fastest made millionaires in U.S. history. Really? Because of the, the gold, you know. But the biggest of these was this Tabor guy, H-A-W Tabor. And he spent 15 hungry years scratching out the Colorado minefield. So he worked for 15 years for a while. Then he staked two empty poke prospectors to $17 worth of groceries for what he called halfers, or half whatever they found. I see. So he gave me $17. He got 50%. Yeah. For whatever they find. Right. So these men discovered an incredible vein of silver quartz, which became known as the Little Pittsburgh Mine. Tabor's share yielded him half a million dollars a year. With his first year's profits, he bought what they called the Maxless Mine for 117000 and it made him, get this, $11 million in less than five years. Holy smokes. And he was still a bad dude, though. Well, Tabor was mayor and asking Marty Dugan to become marshal. And he said, I'll pay you $100 a month. Very generous, right? Oh, yeah, real cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And... You know, but it was an offer that Dugan couldn't refuse. Hundred bucks, you know, that's a lot more than a yeah. lot of people. Yeah. And he said, "I like the way you tame uh, those bunch of drunks, making them settle down before they drank so much they couldn't go to work the next morning." So, uh, Tabor wasn't happy with this new marshal's idea of law enforcement. Two days later, when 
the marshal arrested a guy named August Rich for being drunk and troublesome on a public street. Okay. Now, the reason he didn't like that, Rich was one of the prospectors who had found the vein of silver, and he was still Tabor's partner. So when Tabor learned the next morning that Rich was in Leadville's lockup, he started looking for Marshal Dugan. Oh, here we go. He said, you realize, of course, Tabor said, that Mr. Rich is a millionaire and also one of my business associates, and that he shouldn't be confined to jail like a common working man. Why, he thought he was better than everyone. Well, you see where this is going. I certainly do. Well, so Marshal Dugan, Marty, he said, uh, why shouldn't he be? He says he got drunk, and he was ornery, and the same as if he was a -a dollar-a-day man, so I'd done my duty as chief of law enforcement officer. Absolutely. And he said, I uh, took him off the public streets. Mm-hmm. Well, now Tabor uh, said, well, that's splendid. Uh, uh, but well, Rich is a wealthy man, and he's a close friend of mine, as well as a business associate. So then he kind of said, uh, how much is his fine? I didn't fine him, Mr. Tabor. Money wouldn't mean anything to him. But 10 days in the lockup will make him think twice before he goes off on another tangent. Oh, my, yes. Well, I understand very well, Marshal, uh, Tabor said, taking a double eagle $20 gold piece from his pocket. And he said, now, here's a little something in appreciation of your diligence and fair dealing. So tell me how much his fine is, and let's go get Mr. Rich out of the lockup. Oh, this is greasy. (laughs) Marty told Tabor to put the double eagle back into his pocket before he arrested him for trying to bribe an officer of the law. This would have been good. (laughs) Marty had then, it gets even better, he shoved the sharp front sights of his forty-four pistol into the multimillionaire's stomach. And he said, just one more word, Mr. Mayor, he said, and you would go, and this is what he said, and in you go for devil and a marshal. And this is the guy that hired him, right. and he's got the gun in his belly. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, uh... Mr. Tabor said, you can't be serious. You can't lock up H.A.W. Tabor, the richest man in Colorado. You just can't do that. Mr. Tabor, either shut up and get out of my office, or you can finish what you're going to say on the sad side of the bars. This is getting <laughs> I like him, don't oh, you? Oh, I tell you, this guy, I like he him. needs to speak at the Kiwanis Club. <laughs> he does. Well, Tabor's face kind of got a little grim, but he didn't push his luck, yeah. and he left. Well, Tabor sent word that Marty uh, was suspended. He was going to fire him. Oh, he was? Yeah. So he sent a guy over and uh, said uh, to Mar- the marshal, said, you're, you're done. And but but Marshall said I refuse to be suspended because uh, I haven't been paid and uh, I've been hired to do this job. He hadn't been paid yet. Not yet, because this is his first month. Oh my he's only been goodness! On, he's only been on the job maybe a week. Boy, that's not fostering the best of uh, employer yeah. relations, yeah. is it? So Tabor sent the messenger back with uh, with word that uh, Marty might as well resign because he wouldn't get paid. 
And wow. he said, tell him if I don't get, so the marshal said, tell Tabar, if I don't get my $100 a month for this very first month, like we agreed on, I'm going to arrest him for attempting to cheat a worker man out of his wages. I love this guy. <laughs> he's just wow. Getting, he just gets tougher and tougher, doesn't he? More than Matt Dillon. Yeah. So, well, Tabor said he'd been sorry the day when he hired Marty Dugan. But I guess I'll have to take my medicine. So he, he was kind of humbling down here just a little bit. He took it. So did the other rich mine owners who had thought the law was just for their employees. But it wasn't long before Leadville achieved a reputation as the quietest and most law-abiding mining camp in the frontier west. No kidding. He tamed that town. So he let the marshal stay. No, yeah, so he was still there. Well, Tabor and the other Silver Kings realized that this benefited their operations. The miners with families who were more stable uh, moved to Leadville, contributing to the peace and the respectability of this little mountain town. Wow. So, but... Unfortunately, things changed. Oh, here okay. we go. Th- things were going really well, okay? Mr. Negativity. <laughs> Everything seemed to go wrong in Leadville. Uh, and the night of April 9th, 1888, when somebody was lying in ambush and they shot Marty in the back. Oh, no. And killed him. So Marty Dugan is now dead. Oh. Well, the day he was buried, he was only 39 years old. Uh, a sharp drop began in the price of silver. I see. Tabor's fortunes, remember how much money I told you he had? Oh, millions. Millions. Began to skid, and the Depression wiped him out. No kidding. Completely wiped Frontier him Frontier justice. Yeah. After Tabor's death, his widow, the once flamboyant, uh, <laughs> you'll like this, her name was, they called her Baby Doe, uh, really? lived in poverty in a one-room wooden shack in Leadville. She blamed Marshal Marty Dugan for her being broke. And she said, quote, if that straight-laced son of a gun had done what my husband hired him to do, she said, Mr. Tabor would have sold out while he was flying high. I'm sure she said exactly she, she the verbiage. She, she didn't cuss. I see. She said son of a gun. I agree. So anyway, she never explained the logic, uh, if there had been any logic, because um, anyway, she died uh, in 1935. Yeah, but, you know, I got a question for you. They were worth all these millions of dollars. Yeah. Okay. Now, certainly there had to be something in material goods or maybe even something in the bank that how come they had to live in poverty? You know, that's a good question. I mean, $11 million back then. What did you do with it? I mean, that had to be at least $111 million now. Right? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't know. <laughs> well, I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah. But... So I, I don't know. I mean, how I mean, do you, you lose? put things away for a rainy day? Yeah, I mean, just even a little bit, like you know, maybe uh, a one million. Ten percent <laughs> savings for the future would have yeah, put just, her out of that shack. Yeah, just put it in a bank in San Francisco or somewhere. No, not San Francisco. No, Stay uh, out of Denver. Or, okay, that's well, Denver. Better. That was close by. Yeah, real close. Put it in in it. So, but whatever he he lost it all. But how do you? I guess that's my question. How do you lose it all when it is all in? Uh, what, was it in material goods or was it in land or what was it? That's a good question. I mean, it was a silver mine and gold and silver and. How do you lose all that? Wow. I'd love to try. No, I wouldn't love to try. But. <laughs> no. Okay. No, he'd just ruin us. So all the lives that were intertwined with the sheriff, they went, boop, 
and that was it. Yep, yep. It was not a good place. And wow. Here's Marty Dugan, a good guy. Yeah. You know, good family Straight man. Straightforward guy. He he was. And yeah. uh, what happened to his family? Don't know. Uh, I mean, supposedly he was getting hundred bucks a month, but he didn't. Did he last. ever get paid? He, yeah, he got paid, but he only lasted like a year. Wow. Before he and was they, ambushed. Well, did they get the guy that shot him? Don't know. Uh, said that uh, some guy was lying in ambush some one, one night and uh, and just shot him and the, probably never did find out who it was. Isn't that something? Yeah. Wow. So, good guy. Marty uh, Dugan. Yep. Sheriff of Leadville. The most famous sheriff, that, or a famous sheriff that uh, money couldn't buy. There, I love the way you framed that. Money Thank couldn't you. buy him. There you have it. Dr. History did it again with a great story. Here's a picture of Leadville. Yeah. Let me see. Look at that. Oh. I mean, it, it, it wasn't fancy. No, but it is a boomtown atmosphere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah.